down in the grip of oppression I fought for my liberty I paid with the blood of my people Freedom has never been free Now my door's always open To dreamers and friends But when I'm attacked I protect and defend Because my name is America Welcome everyone, this is Karen Schoen. You are listening to the Prism of America's Education brought to you on the America Out Loud talk radio network with my wonderful sponsor, the Florida Citizens Alliance. Folks, after the numbers have come in, what has happened to our children and how the education that they expected is not the one that they are receiving We have discovered that most of our children, their reading level is two grades below and their math is three grades below. And that information came in recently. Folks, this is a travesty. And now with Biden and the CDC adding the third eye to the destruction of America, remember illegal immigration and inflation are the first two eyes, The third eye is going to be injections. Oh, yes, folks, they want your children injected as early as possible on an untested, unproven vaccine that will harm them, do more harm than good. Now, why do you think they would be doing this? Well, if we go back and we listen to some of the things that I said years and years ago, these people have one goal. And that goal is depopulation. And they will do it by any way, shape, or form possible because they follow a Malthusian ideology which says that population growth will always tend to outrun the food supply. And for the betterment of humankind, we must limit reproduction, limit the food source. Put that together with what Machiavelli said, the ends justify the means. So we have these two ideologies merged together, which then becomes an assault on humankind. Force children to be vaccinated, they could die. Aborting them, they will die. Let's send them to war, they will die. Let's destroy the family. The children will die. What do we think the goal is of all of this dying? Fits right into their depopulation. Please go to the Florida Citizens Alliance website. That is GoFLCA and see some of the new projects that the children can be involved in. And by all means, if you, your child, faces a school that is going to demand these injections, folks, it's time to get your kids out of public school. Their main goal is depopulation. One of the ways they intend to do depopulation is to destroy the family because the nuclear family, and that's a mother and a father, are so important to a healthy country because the family are the ones that instill the values into their children, not the school. 
definitely not the bureaucrats. And their goal is to destroy that family so that they can force depopulation on the public without the public realizing it. Now, Karen, how does that work? Oh, come on, you must be crazy. Nobody wants to destroy the family. Well, that is quite not true. And I have asked a friend of mine, Kenny, who we have lots of questions for Kenny, because not only is Kenny a friend, he's a pilot. He lives in Arizona. So he can give us up-to-date information, truthful information about what's going on on several topics. But Kenny, the most important one is the horror story about you and your stepdaughter. Thank you so much for joining me today. And would you mind sharing that story? Not at all. It started out about uh, seven years ago. I had been involved in, 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 we'll just call it an incident where I inadvertently exposed some things that uh, I guess I wasn't supposed to know that were unrelated to this topic originally. But uh, I noticed uh, strange things started happening. I had emails in my personal email account that were just disappearing that I needed for uh, my uh, legal defense. And they would just be taken completely out by the roots uh, everything around it was still there. Just the critical emails that I needed were, were gone. I mean, it was things like that that I didn't understand at first. I had a, uh, a girlfriend that had a teenage daughter, and I don't have kids, biological kids. So this was really my first opportunity to be a dad. We became a family pretty quickly, and um, I became real close with the daughter. And I mean, it was a lot of fun. You wake up in the morning, make the kid lunch, and take her to school, drop her off. She was she was about 14 at the time. Her mom and her, her biological father were going through a uh, custody issue. They had long since been divorced. But to spare you the long story there, um, CPS, Arizona CPS, went to her high school and literally took her one day, removed her and put her with the foster family that, that lived a few miles away. We knew who they were, but we had zero access to the daughter. You know, at first, it, I thought it was one of those things where CPS just made a mistake, and we explained it to the judge, and, you know, it would be, hey, we're sorry about this, but here's your daughter back. Well, it didn't work out quite that way. It, it just escalated and got worse. Finally reached a point where we knew that she was gone, and we all the normal reactions a parent would have in that situation. First thing you want to do is protect your kid. But legally, they had kind of set the system. I shouldn't say kind of. They did. They have set the system up to where your natural reactions are illegal and they can arrest you for them. That was one of those things that it, it took a long time for, for us to kind of absorb what it was that they were doing that they could possibly get away with this, that it, any, I mean, they all have kids, I'm sure. I mean, how, how would they like it if that happened to them and their kids? So it was kind of a hard thing to wrap our brains around, but the more evidence we were seeing, the more we realized we needed help beyond what, you know, what, what the court was able to offer. So we went to a group in Arizona that's called Defenders of Children. They try to stay under the radar as much as they can, because you can imagine what a lightning rod they would be for, you know, for the powers that be in the government. They don't want them to exist. Defenders of Children were a group of volunteers as well as family attorneys in Arizona. Some had been uh, retired 
and were just doing this uh, pro bono. And then other ones were still active and they were doing a pro bono. But they were trying to help get kids that had been taken um, either by mistake or intentionally get them back with their families. So that really was where my education on all this started, is that they gave me an, and mom um, a book to read. In it, we learned about what it was that was really happening. And that is, they were using what's called parental alienation. And, and yes, that exists. And that's, that's a problem. But it's not nearly the problem that they were making it into. That numbers were far smaller than the, the government likes to tell you that, that it really is. Well, they would use that as a pretext. Next thing you know, your kid would be gone. That the system would literally take your child, whether it was from home, school, wherever they needed, wherever they can conveniently get a hold of your kid, they would take them. And that's exactly what happened to us. They blame mom for parental alienation. It's kind of a general definition that they used. And I was under the roof, so I, I saw everything that went on, and I knew that wasn't the case. So we started asking questions to these attorneys saying, what, what is it that makes them think that they can do this? Because there was, there was no physical abuse. There was no sexual abuse, that, at least that I was aware of. And I figured that was highly unlikely. If there was any abuse, it was minor. So it certainly did not justify removing a child from the home. What they explained to us was, and, and of course, this part of this book was that uh, there was a guy named Dr. Richard Gardner, and he was at Columbia University back in the 80s. And he hung his shingle up and he, he called himself a counselor. But what he was doing was he was gathering information and trying to use this information to make himself into a, an eventual expert witness in custody cases around the country. And he, was a, he turned out to be a very expensive and very sought after expert. But he was always the expert for the, the government side, the state side. And what his, his MO basically was, was he would say that in most cases when there was severe abuse, sexual abuse, it was usually the father, statistically. So he would sit on the witness stand and say that the mother needed to allow the father to continue to abuse the child. And the mother's natural reaction, of course, which was to protect her child, those reactions were unnatural, according to Gardner, and she should be jailed for them. She should be taken out of the equation so this, the, the child can go back to the abusive father and not have any restrictions in abusing them you know, further. And as hard as that was for us to believe, we're, we're, we're thinking, OK, well, you know, if you guys say it's true, then you know, give us more information. So it turns out Dr. Richard Gardner was a, a known pedophile. They had done magazine articles in the past where they had interviewed him and he was very pro uh, adult child sexual relationship. He, he was um, in fact, a book that he had written was published by Dr. Ralph Overgaard and he was part of NAMBLA national association of man, boy love. So when you started digging, you started realizing these are all a bunch of crazy pedophiles, but they seem to have so much authority and power within our, our judicial system in family court. Well, that's what defenders of children in Arizona told us was this is what you're up against now. We don't know why 
or we think we know, but we can't prove why the child was taken. We, you know, the whole process goes where you have hearings uh, every couple months and a, a judge is assigned to the case. And we went through that whole process. It took about a year. We seem to be getting further and further away from getting her back. And one day, the counselor that the judge had assigned the child, her personal, they called it a safe haven counselor. She approached me privately and said, listen, I've been doing this for 30 years. I hate to tell you this, but um, your stepdaughter is about to be taken away and you're not going to see her again. And of course, my answer was, well, she's already been taken away. And, and she said, no, you don't understand. She's going to be taken and you're not going to get her back and, I, and you're not going to see her again. So she further explained that those that are familiar with CPS that have worked with them enough in, in the system know that there's a certain pattern when a child is about to disappear. And whatever that pattern is, she recognized it. And she said, I'm doing everything I can with the, the weekly paperwork for my meetings with, with your stepdaughter um, to, per, to slow this down. But she said, just know that they're going to take her, that I, I'm seeing all the usual patterns. And she said, there's no doubt in my mind that she'll disappear. So I said, well, you have to elaborate because this, this just doesn't make any sense to me. And she said, well, you got to use your imagination. She said, they're going to drug her at the foster home. They're going to take her and they're going to enter her into the sex trade. She will remain pretty much drugged up the whole time and she will probably be dead within a year or two. Oh my gosh. How horrible. And this is a world renowned child psychologist telling me this. And right. I had come to trust her and, and for good reason. She's, she's, you know, she was always sincere and she seemed to be very honest. And of course, at the time, I didn't realize the information I was getting was as critical as it was because it, at first, Karen, it just seems surreal. I imagine, my gosh. And did that expert, quote, expert, did he interview the mother and the daughter? Or did he just make this uh, testimony without even speaking to them? The expert actually never touched our case. He ended up, I want to say he died in the, um, the mid-90s. He, he was the one that started this within the courts, corrupting the family court system by using the parental alienation tag to get as many kids. And this is as crazy as it sounds. This is what I was, you know, I was told and they were able to prove to me as many kids molested as they could. Can they, you explain what parental alienation is for our listeners that never heard this before? It is a parent that, uh, in, usually in a custody case, that tries to alienate their child against the other parent. Okay. And so they were claiming the they were claiming that the mother was alienating the daughter against the father. That's correct. Okay. Now there's always going to be some degree of that. I shouldn't say always, but often there's going to be some degree of that in, in a, a typical custody case. A severe case of it to where the, the parent would be removed from the equation, that's not real common. And what I learned, and this, this was interesting, Defenders of Children taught us was that uh, if you see a certain judge and a certain lawyer and maybe a certain court-appointed advisor in the same courtroom handling a case, they, meaning the family court environment, the judges, the, the lawyers, and every, everybody, they knew that there was probably something going on. 
when, when they would triangulate these certain individuals in a courtroom that that was likely that that was going on where they were trying to remove a child illegally from a home where they did not need to be removed from. And when I went, of course, I didn't believe this at first. And I, I went back over the uh, transcripts of the last several hearings that we had had. And when you, when you read them, you start looking at just simple speech patterns, sentences that didn't add up. They're like, why would you use this word in this sentence? That, that makes no sense. Well, they explained that's how they communicate to each other on the record, in front of each other. They, they're talking in a language that you don't recognize. It's English, but certain terms are, are to clue in the other than say the judge or the lawyer. Hey, this is what we're, you know, are, essentially, are we taking this child or are we not? But they're doing it on the record with with language that the lawyers told us is it's a specific code that they had all come up with. This again sounds crazy, but that's what this defenders of children group was telling us. And then they told us, well, your judge, believe it or not, um, uh, was accused of beating his wife, declared himself homosexual in front of you know his children, and left the marriage, left the family, and, and now he only rules in favor of the male, the father. So my question to the lawyers was, okay, well, if that's true, and say a, a mother comes into you to be represented to try to get her child back, and you know she's in the right, you walk in the courtroom and you see this judge, you already know you're going to lose. And they said, well, yeah. So explain to me how you continue to do that without blowing the whistle. And they said, oh, you, you don't do that. You're, you're, in, you're in for quite a treat if you blow the whistle. So they already know who's going to win in certain cases. Then they have to pretend to be your attorney and they have to pretend to, of course, they, they, they cash your check. That's, <laughs> there's no pretending there. It was mind-blowing what I was hearing. And, it, it, you know, the more time went on, the more I realized they weren't joking. And when they got our child, it, all the stuff that they had been telling me and, and, and her mother started to come true. They used parental alienation where it didn't exist, um, or it wasn't warranted at least. The child was, was taken, and when about a year passed, I'm starting to, to privately be told by the counselor that she's going to be entered into the sex trade. Folks, this is exactly what we have been describing, but generally now you hear an exact case. And Kenny, I'm sure that you're not the only case. This is going on all over this country. And I believe this is why they have determined that sexualizing our children is more important than educating our children. I hope you got your daughter back. We did. Thank God. It, it, was, uh, it was quite an ordeal, but we did get her back. Thank God. And for all of those parents that do not get their children back, this is the system that these criminals have brought upon us in America. And the sex trade, the sex trafficking, the things that they are doing to our children, again, same thing, depopulate, depopulate, destroy the family. And now they are using the injections as another reason 
to destroy the family, to show that they own and control the family. That's what this is all about. This is about control. And any parent that sends their child to a public school that has to get a forced vaccine, folks, you should have your heads examined. But more important, you need to get your kids out of public school. That's the most important thing. Kenny, we only have a few minutes left, and I'd like you to come back again. But before you go, you are a pilot. What has the injections, uh, the forced injections on the pilots, what, what has happened? What are the ramifications that we are seeing today? There's, there are lots of them. Uh, most importantly, um, we have to maintain a, a a medical, a, a level of fitness. Uh, there's a FAA flight surgeon that uh, we have to go to and their various areas have, have a, what we call an AME, which is an, an FAA sanctioned medical doctor that does a physical every six months and makes sure that you meet a certain criteria. Well, I, there's a lot of pilots that are not passing that now that used to have no trouble passing. Most pilots I know voluntarily went down and got it injected as soon as they could. It was before the mandate. I, I will never understand why I tried my best to to warn them, hey, you know, you guys might want to wait. But no, they went down and they got it. And there's a lot of them having uh, major issues. Some of them have passed away. Uh, one guy had a heart attack, uh, American Airlines cockpit, just a few seconds after they touched down in Dallas. There's a lawsuit going on that um, I'm involved with where uh, a group of pilots, along with Robert Kennedy Jr. and uh, Theresa May and a few others, they're suing the FAA way that they worded uh, the, the regulation for pilots is that anything experimental, and this is the way it's always been. I've been a pilot for 23 years. Anything experimental, you, not only are you not allowed to take it as a pilot, and not, not just an injection, but you know a, a, any kind of medicine. If it's experimental, you can't take it. And even if the FDA, if, excuse me, FDA approves it, you still have to wait a year. So out of nowhere, they came in and said, well, this... COVID injections different. You have to take this. So it went against their own regulations. So that's the basis of a lawsuit. And I'm getting a lot of the numbers from the pilots that are, uh, you know, they're trying to keep it as quiet as they can. It, this is not getting into the media, but there's some, there's been, have been some major issues. You've lost a lot of pilots then, I would imagine, from those that did not that refused to take uh, the injection. So now we have a pilot shortage. Is that correct? Uh, they always say pilot shortage. Uh, in some cases, it's it's kind of, they're just trying to rattle everybody uh, for their own business purposes. Obviously, companies trying to get the, the government to give them more money, which is usually the case. But we are experiencing a pilot shortage now. And I, I believe you're right. I believe part of it is because they've lost so many that will never be able to hold a medical certificate again because of the effects from the jab. Well, folks, more and more we are learning that this government does not care about you. They don't care about me. They don't care about anything except their own goal, which again is depopulation. Never forget this. Every single one of these policies winds up going to the exact same space, and it is called depopulation. This crowd wants people to die. They feel we are useless eaters. We are taking from them, and we have no right to be on our own, to make our own choices, to make uh, our own decisions, 
that they have to manage our lives for us. And one of the ways to do that is to mandate something ridiculous and see how many people will comply. And sadly, too many people have complied. Well, Kenny, you take up the third eye also because you're in Arizona. What can you tell us about the illegal immigration? Is it as bad as they say? Uh, I would argue it's worse. It's one of those things where my belief, I'm, I'm a precinct committeeman here in the, for the Republican Party in Arizona, and I've, I've been part of politics here for quite a while. And it appears to me, based on everything I've, I've seen and experienced, that we are, in Arizona, we are a very critical trafficking corridor. Every kind of trafficking you can think of, um, probably things that we haven't even considered. But they have to control this part of the country to keep that pipeline moving. So they have to own the politicians. And, you know, I, I've seen the so-called Republicans come along and they lie as well as anybody. And they make us think that they're conservative and they're going to vote conservative and they're going to fix the problems that we need fixed. And the same thing always happens. So at some point you just have to realize they're all lying to you. It's hard to tell which ones are good and which ones are bad, but it's at this point, I've found that most of them are bad. How sad is that? Well, hopefully uh, you will have the opportunity to bring in some fresh meat, <laughs> some fresh blood, some new so. people who are not part of the establishment. And that is the only hope for America. So we're going to have you come back, Kenny, after uh, the election because hopefully Kerry Lake will be your new governor. And one of the yeah. things that you will be charged with is to make sure that she does what she says she's going to do. And I right. would hold that true for all, for everyone. There is nothing that is worse, as you said, than a politician that's lying. So I look at it as the Democrats lie 100% of the time and the Republicans lie about 50 to 75% of the time. So it doesn't make any difference what stripes you're wearing. It's up to us, we the people, to make sure that these people do what they say they're going to do. And my, my favorite would be to get rid of McCarthy. And many of them have said that. We cannot have Speaker of the House that gives away your hand before you even make it. Uh, telling everybody there will be no impeachment before even using impeachment as a bargaining chip. So he gave away the store before, before the store was ready to be given away. But that's not a surprise with him because he is a rhino. In any event, Kenny, thank you so much for sharing your story with everyone. It is a horrifying story for you to have to go through, but at least you had a happy ending. And I hope your daughter is doing well. Well, thank you. I appreciate that. And she is. That's great news. Folks, you are listening to the Prism of America's Education. This is Karen Schoen. We are brought to you on the America Out Loud Talk Radio Network with my wonderful sponsor, the Florida Citizens Alliance. Folks, get your kids out of public school, and I won't say any more because we're facing a break. So don't go away. We will be right back. While many things we hear are lies, we know one thing is true. Viruses exist and people get sick. Look, there's no guaranteed way to keep from getting sick, but there is a way to reduce your chances. Cofix RX, the original povidone iodine-based antiviral nasal spray that you hear Dr. McCullough talking about, provides an additional invisible layer of protection 
from colds, flu, coronaviruses, and more. Click the banner ad on AmericaOutloud.com and use promo code OUTLOUD for 20% off. Stay protected with Cofix Rx. Trouble concentrating or recalling information is frustrating, embarrassing, and kills productivity. Nutrition company Healthy Cell created Focus and Recall to boost your brain power. Unlike other supplements that don't work, Focus and Recall is not a pill. It's a gel you swallow with ultra-absorption of science-backed ingredients to help you immediately sharpen focus, concentrate longer, and strengthen recall. Go to HealthyCell.com and use code OUTLOUD for 25% off your first order. Risk-free. Love it or your money back. Guaranteed. HealthyCell.com. Code out loud. Here on America Out Loud, we emphasize optimal health, and air is the most essential element for life. The average person inhales over 35 pounds of air every day, yet we seldom think about how to rid the air of pathogens swiftly and safely when we need to. The Genesis Fogger Plus HOCL is the only way to quickly and naturally restore air to its optimal condition. Visit genesisfogger.com forward slash out loud for a free ebook on everything you need to know about HOCL and receive a 15% discount on the Genesis Fogger with promo code OUTLOUD. With Genesis, you'll be ready for what's next. Welcome back, everyone. Hope you had a wonderful break. This is Karen Schoen. You're listening to the Prism of America's Education brought to you on the America Out Loud Talk Radio Network. With my wonderful sponsor, the Florida Citizens Alliance, folks, now more than ever, especially with this injection mandate, which, excuse me, not a mandate, but a suggestion. Yeah, you tell me when what blue state that's going to not be a mandate. I will be shocked. But with that going on, please pay attention to the programs that the Alliance is running in Florida and copy those programs and put them in your state. But more important, folks, don't let your child get jabbed. Please take them out of school. That's more important, especially since we learned that our kids are now two years behind in reading and three years behind in math. So what good is school doing anyway? And don't tell me it was because of the pandemic. That is a big lie. How do I know? Because we proved that Common Core, which is being used in every school under a different name, the purpose was to be two years behind. Guess what? They have accomplished that goal. Let's see what other goals they have accomplished. I read a really horrifying story um, that's going on in the Netherlands. And the Netherlands are the world's third to fifth, depending upon the crop, largest agricultural producer in the world. And those crops that come from the Netherlands go all over the world and feed the world. And those farmers happen to be some of the best in the industry. So what's happening? The government of the Netherlands, the communist government of the Netherlands has decided that the farmers are at fault for climate change. So therefore they must mask their cows, or that will be coming soon. And uh, because the cows produce methane and they want to tax the farmers on the methane. So they'll put a mask on the front and a diaper on the back and charge the farmers for what? 
The other thing that they have done is they have determined that nitrogen, which is needed for fertilizer. Why do we need fertilizer? Because it makes the crops grow better. And nitrogen is one of the most important uh, elements that is in fertilizer. Well, the, these people have decided that they are more, they know better and that climate is more important than people. So therefore no nitrogen, they have reduced the nitrogen and the farmers will now be down about 30% for their crops. So what do you think is gonna happen folks? Well, I believe that they are looking to create a food shortage because a famine is one way to get rid of masses of people. And of course, this is something that has been tried before and was very successful. Just go back and look at history and you will see how Stalin killed the Ukrainian farmers, Mao killed the Chinese farmers, and the list goes on and on. And now it looks like America is going to be just as dumb. What happens when this happens, when there's no food in the world, and why would they do this? Let's never forget the major goal of these people, of the globalists, are depopulation. That's the major goal. All the policies that I have put in place all lead to the, down the same road, and that road is depopulation. Well, we had a wonderful guest a couple of months ago, her name was Betty Grant, and she gave us an incredible education about ESG. So I have asked her to come back again because the Heartland Institute, where Betty writes, and you can find her writing there, uh, Betty has done an amazing research and can tell us all about what this food crisis may look like coming in our future. Betty, thank you so much for joining me today. It's always a pleasure to have you on. My pleasure as well. Betty, what do you think? Are we headed for food shortages or is that just another scare tactic? Well, it's not a scare tactic. It's what they, it, it is a part of their agenda. Um, when they set forth and put their agenda pieces together, um, they have a, a certain number of things they want to do. And, and in that, um, they have a direct link to the agricultural industry. And in those, it is um, how those uh, agricultural industry impacts uh, the greenhouse gases. They go after and look at what is the land use, um, ecological sensitivities, uh, impacts on air pollution, fresh water consumption, um, impacts on solid waste disposal, etc. So in that, um, what they do is that they've looked at this um, big picture. Now, just keep that little picture right there and step back to this current administration and some of the first things they did. What did he do? He stopped Keystone Pipeline. He said that there would be no drilling on um, the federal lands. There would, uh, and he's, he's on and on what he did with the oil and gas industry. Well, the problem is when you cut off natural gas um, and that becomes a shortage, the nitrogen that is used for fertilizer comes from that nat gas, of which then jacks up the price on that. So the inputs that a farmer has to have to get his crop going, the price already goes up. 
to get that crop in the, in the ground. So this is more than just one fold. It's a multiple fold of how they've gotten after um, the agricultural industry protection agriculture through ESG and ESG's uh, standards that they're putting forth and trying to utilize. So, yeah. Eddie, what do you think the ramifications are going to be on the next uh, set of crops that get produced? We're now a lot of places are planting their crops for the, sp for the spring. Uh, many of them will start in a couple of months to get ready and pre they're preparing the fields where I live. We live on a farm. I saw the price of fertilizer that we use and we just grow for ourselves. But it doubled. I, it was unbelievable that we went to buy a bag of fertilizer this year that was uh, $3.85 last year, and now it's $9. Yeah, it was absolutely. absolutely. And think of that. Think of how big of scale um, our protection agriculture has to utilize to, to really get the crops going. You know, a lot of people would say, well, we shouldn't be using fertilizers anyway, and we shouldn't be doing these things. We shouldn't be using pesticides. Well, the, the problem with that type of mentality is, is that then we have starvation around the world. If it wasn't for the production levels that we are capable of doing due to the fertilization and some pesticide uses, they would not have the crops that feed the world. Not, not just our local areas, but the crops that will feed the world. And, and that's, that's what gets scary about this whole thing. And, and so when they take in, you know, you brought up the Netherlands, which is great because that was one that really hit the world stage. And so they're protesters of, of those 40,000 some Dutch farmers who went outside, went um, in, in anger to their government and protested outside of the government buildings and at the homes of the ministers. And they drove their hundreds of tractors, if people can remember those pictures and and they, they, they did this protest. Well, that movement, what we don't hear that much about is, but that movement moved in and it spread to Germany and Italy and Spain and Poland and other nations across there. And those farmers hit the streets because of these measures and what it was costing them on the scale of, of their outputs of their agricultural industry. And, and that was important. But what's interesting is the, the media has kind of died down on it. We don't really know what and how things are happening over there. And we need to know what happens over there because it's what plays into what's happening every place else around the world. That's the first place they started locking down the farmers. Now we're seeing it elsewhere. You can see it over. Okay, so another big story is the plight of agricultural in, in, in Sri Lanka. Their government decided in May, you farmers can't use fertilizer this year. Well, by November, they had to revoke that because they were finding out they were already short on food. And they figured, oh, well, we have to go all organic to save our people from various disease or issue and all this. But that wasn't what the problem was. Now they're starving and these farmers are, are, are stuck at to trying to even get any more and produce more, but their government is not capable of bringing in more product. They're, they're, they're so poor and they're so disrupted. So this is absolute, I'm, this is criminal, folks. I want you to think of something. This is very important. 
People who are starving do horrible things. Not that they mean to, but when you're starving, it doesn't matter to you if you take food from someone else. They don't care because they're starving. And that's the purpose of what they're doing. They want the people to starve. I can't uh, put that impression enough. They want the people to starve. Their goal is depopulation. What a better way than to blame the climate. Does nitrogen have a lot to do with the climate, Betty? You don't know, no, but it, but it, what they do is they stop, stop the production of natural gas in most situations come out with as a product um, with, when you're drilling for oil. Well, we have the mentality of these people of leave it in the ground, thinking that that's going to stop us from being able to use our vehicles, from stopping to be able to use all this. And, and so when they leave it in the ground, they leave that in the ground as well. And that's how they do it. But what's interesting is they look at this and they're trying to force companies because they're trying to use anything um, in, to, to benefit them. So they're going after nitrogen, phosphate, phosphoruses, potassiums. These are all fertilizer things that we put into the ground for nutrients. It's a nutrient factor so that our crops will have those nutrients. So people will get them back in their systems to make them healthier. And, and so in that, in that, in that production, they claim that these farmers well, you know, you guys, you, you have your big tractors and you have all these things and it, it puts too much CO2 in the air. And so they try to make these and, and, and their assumptions, there are these assumptions of how much um, CO2 goes into the air in the production of trying to get these crops in the ground, right? So let's say you got these great big fields. And when I look out my window, I, I live very rural and I have a farmer that right across my township road. And as far as I can see, I can see his fields and I can see the, the next town of which is about seven or eight miles away from here. Beautiful flatland in North Dakota. And I'm looking at where he's taking these crops off. Well, yeah. Did it take some CO, did, did it put some CO2 in the air um, when he did that? Yes. Absolutely. Um, did it require some other other issues that might not be as friendly as some want to say to the environment? Possibly. But when he was done and a few weeks later, when the leaves started to grow on the crops and, and this year he had uh, soybeans out here. And when he was at about the three leaf stage, all that CO2 that was possibly or, or was put in the ground uh, up in the air from all of this was being utilized by every one of these plants and that those plants burned up all this CO2 for the next five months to just keep burning that up and burning that up. <laughs> so it's, it's, a, it's a plus and a minus, you know, you have to put it in the air for the plants to use it. Not to mention all the trees that are here and they're sucking up all that CO2 and the grass in my yard and everybody's chewing up as much CO2 as they can all summer long, spring and fall and summer. So, you know, 
The sad part is, though, the science classes, they don't teach this anymore. The kids have no idea no. that that we as humans expel when we breathe out, we're breathing out CO2. And the plants and all of the green things that you see that grows need the CO2 to be able to grow. They take it in. That's what they produce. That makes gives them beautiful, full plants. And if you look at the, um, the greenhouses, don't they pump CO2 into the greenhouses to make the plants grow better? Absolutely. There's a lot, a, a large number of them that utilize that. Those big, big greenhouses, absolutely they do, because that's what gives them bigger and better crops and plants. Well, now, why do you think they picked on CO2? Here's my theory. CO2 is probably the slightest trace gas in the atmosphere, 0.03%. Taking it totally out, forget about plants and humans, taking it totally out of the atmosphere, will that change anything? No. It's too small of an amount to change anything. And besides, one forest fire will wipe out years and years and years of all of the things that we have done to stop CO2. All we need is one forest fire someplace. We have plenty of them going all over the country. And most of them man-made. Yes, that's the other point. Most of them are man-made. And this is, this is really the... Uh, I guess the dichotomy of what they're saying. And if we pressed them, that would be our answer. But we don't do that, do we, Betty? No. You know, we there are some that try, and I and, and we have done our best to get the information out there and push it forward. I think we're making some headway, um, and mostly only because they have pushed so far that the average person is starting to look at this and go, time out. What in the world are we doing? And, and I think the big part of this is um, the gasoline prices going through the roof and the shortages of food in a country that should never see food shortages and the price of food being so astronomically high. And, you know, one would hope that people are paying attention and that they think about what they're doing and come to go to the polls in the next couple of weeks. And, and they really think through the process of who is looking out for the best of, of the people here, instead of worrying more about uh, their mother earth versus the people and, and what's happening around the world and the starvation of people. Well, the programs that they are putting forth to me are just as stupid as the idea that during a hurricane, the people could go outside and tell it to stop uh, blowing and shut off the rain. <laughs> yeah. People can't do that, folks. There is no way that we are going to tell Mother Earth what to do. There is no way that we are going to tell the sun what to do. It's not going to take any messages from we the people. What we have to do is make sure that Betty is right. We get rid of the people that have absolutely no understanding and no desire to fix anything. The only desire that they have is to remain in power, and they will do everything and lie and cheat and steal in order to make that happen. So what can we, the people, do, Betty? 
Well, I think, you know, one of the things that I was just hitting on, check out who is running for office and vote for the people that will do what is right for you and right for, for, for what is going on in the world. We cannot continue down this path of thinking that ESG is, is a good thing, that um, changing our environment is something that we are actually capable of doing. Um, you know, don't buy the lie. Educate yourself. Be a critical thinker and come out and then speak out for those things. Um, there's a couple weeks left here. Get out there. Campaign for the right people. Get the right people voted in. Not that government's going to solve a lot of problems, but they can stop and slow down a lot of this ridiculous stuff that is going on right now. Talk to your talk to your friends. Make sure they know what's going on. Um, speak out. Write op eds. Do do what is right to do. Make sure that um, you know you are doing the best as far as grow your own garden at this point. You know, um, save yourself some money and get things like that. Buy local. That's another. That's one. that's a really important one, Betty. I'm so glad you said that because, like you were talking about, you live next to a farmer. Folks, if you live anywhere within a vicinity of a farmer, go and talk to the farmers. They'll be happy to sell you some of their veggies or whatever it is they happen to be growing. Uh, this, is, this is the time to work within your own community because as transportation gets higher and higher, gets worse and worse, less and less produce will be shipped. So they'll be in local farm stands or local areas in your local community. So I believe you're right. Nothing is more important than getting in touch with your local farmers, finding out what they do and how they do it, and working with them to use the produce that is local in your own area. Yes. I I. I can't think of anything more important than making sure that you and your family have enough food. And there are multiple ways to do it. So don't be beholden to the inflation game. Uh, right now, while just before here, here's a good clue. Just before the election, the price of gas is artificially lower. The price of food is artificially lower because the Democrats want to win, and that's all they care about. So buy now. Don't wait, because after the election, when they lose, you can be will not be surprised at the prices of the food going off the charts. So this is very, very important. It's very, very important that you and your family eat and are healthy and remain healthy. And it's also important that you tell your children and your friends and your family the truth. How about something like uh, take a friend to vote day? There you go. Go and talk to the people in your community that are not voting, haven't voted, and take them with you. Show them how easy it is to vote. It's not hard. What do you think of that idea, Betty? I, I like it. I think it's a great idea. And I know that, you know, for some people, if they're living in a bigger, bigger area, a bigger city, and they're going to go, you guys are crazy. I don't know any farmers. I don't go on, go on the website. Your state website should have an agricultural commissioner, an agricultural site. He most likely, she would be um, posting up how to buy local. 
um, where are the products? What are the products grown in your state? And then you can track some of that stuff down. So while we were just talking here, I just wrote uh, buy local meat in North Dakota. And up popped, well, there's seven sites that are local farmers that are that I could um, order a half beef, uh, some pork. This guy has buffalo. This guy's got chicken. All of that just popped up right on a on, on a on a website, and and uh, you can so you can go through and look. I've I've seen them on Facebook. You can see where there's um, farmers market type things and. They will, you can get, you can have it and they'll meet you someplace. You can buy a, a half beef, you could buy a, a, a full pork and you can put, put it in your freezers and, and keep yourself loaded up. Um, my son the other day um, was just visiting with, a, with a, a parent from the school and the guy says, yeah, I just finished up chicken. And so he went out and he just picked up six chickens whole chickens already processed, ready to go, popped them in our freezer. Um, my, you know, it, it, we've done the same thing with turkey. You know, when somebody around might be selling turkey, you, you buy a few of them and you put them in there and they're, they're from the local farmer who raised them. I will also suggest that when you do that, you make sure that you also have a generator. Because if you live in a state where they are claiming there will be rolling blackouts, that's one of the things that you do not want to lose. So not only pop it in your freezer, but there's nothing wrong with making stew or canning, preserving in jars. You don't just have you don't just have to have it in your freezer. Uh, there are many things that can be done. Yes, we are prepping. We are preparing for what our government intends to do to us, which is starve us. And we do not want that to happen. Betty, tell everyone where they can find you and your wonderful writing. Uh, B. Grandy at heartland.org. And um, we have a website um, that I, I spend a lot of my time working with, and that is heartland at ESG slash ESG, where we have posted up quite a bit of information regarding this issue. But when you're out there, you'll um, on, on the Heartland site, you can also see Stop Stopping Socialism, of which has a lot of good information on it as well. And so... You know, you can you can find good information in that way. That is, a, please go to the Heartland website. I go there all the time. The articles there are very, very excellent. And folks, they're easy to read. You're not going to have your head filled up with a lot of technical terms that you don't understand. They are easy to read. They are by people who have done the research. So you can understand that the people that are there know what they're talking about and intend to share that information with you, but you have to use it. My tagline is applying knowledge is power. Having the knowledge without using it is like not having it. So this is what you must do. This is what we must do to protect ourselves and our families. And of course, by all means, the most important thing in the next two weeks is to make sure that you have voted. And frankly, I don't care if you vote early or you vote on election day. The key is vote, vote, vote. 
vote like you have never voted before. Make sure you understand what your candidates are saying and doing and question them. And then the big job begins after the election. So, uh, folks, we have a big deal and we have a big job. And Betty, I'd like to thank you so much for joining me today. It is always wonderful to hear from you and to learn what's going on. And this is a biggie. This is something that food is something that is of utmost importance. Without it, folks, we don't live. It's real simple. So these people have hit upon two things. One is those who control the energy control the country, and those who control the food control the people. And this group of criminals wants to control both, and we have let them. So now it is going to be up to us to say, we're going to take back our power. We, the people, granted you the ability to do this, and we're not going to sit by and let you destroy our magnificent country of which I truly believe there is none other like it than America. Betty, thank you. I appreciate it. And we will have you back again. Hope that's okay. Oh, I would love to. Thank you very much. Just remember, silence is consent. That's, oh, wow. That is really true. Yes. Silence. Complying is affirmation. So when you comply with something, you are affirming that it's okay. Folks, this is never okay. It's never okay for one group to abuse power over another group. It doesn't matter who the group is. It's never okay. Well, thank you all for listening, everyone. This has been an incredible journey. And we will continue our journey next week. Have a wonderful week. Pay attention. Vote, vote, vote. Poll watch become a volunteer, make sure that thousands of ballots don't get stuffed into a ballot box like we had in 2020. Make sure that this election is clean and clear, and we'll see you again next week. You've been listening to Karen Schoen. This is the Prism of America's Education, brought to you on the America Out Loud Talk Radio Network with my wonderful sponsor, the Florida Citizens Alliance. See you all next week. But I'll